Hi, everyone. My name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome back to the AMM Torah Podcast. Before we begin this week's, I just want to remind everyone once again about our ongoing program, the Summer of Subscribers, where you, the listeners, and the readers in general are able to submit your own Divrei Torah to either an essay form to be posted on the blog and sent out in the email newsletter, or as a podcast where you can send it a recording and have it uh, also posted <laughs> to the blog and also put out on iTunes. Uh, I'm really hoping that everyone takes advantage, or at least some of you take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, the Divrei Torah that uh, you guys can share with me. I have the schluss to be able to share with you every week, and uh, at the same time, I want to be able to uh, to see more from you, to see what you enjoy, what you like, what your thoughts are, uh, what you like to focus on uh, in terms of the Parsha. That is very exciting to me as well. So I really hope that uh, that you take this opportunity uh, to join. For more details and any questions, please email me at uh, my email address, amemtora at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. There's more details available uh, on the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com. And without further ado, let's get to this week's Tvar Torah for Parshas Pinchas. So Parshas Pinchas begins uh, where last week's Parsha left off, after Pinchas kills Zimri and Kuzbi, who is a Midianite princess. So after he kills them, uh, Hashem makes him, rewards him for defending uh, the honor of Hashem and uh, protecting the integrity of the Torah and Mitzvot by making him a Kohen. Um, and uh, the Pasuk tells us that uh, at the end of last week's Parsha that uh, there was a plague following the Avera of Zimri where 24,000 people died. So therefore, in this week's Parsha, Hashem uh, commands Moshe to conduct a census following the deaths of those people. And Rashi explains that it's uh, now that Bnei Israel are about to enter Eretz Israel, and Moshe's uh, giving back uh, the leadership uh, back over to Hashem. Uh, Rashi says if some uh, the the metaphor for this is that if someone gives you something to watch, so when you return it, or if he gives you an investment, so when you return it, he wants to make sure that uh, he got a good return. So after Moshe is giving back uh, the investment of the Bnei Israel to Hashem, Hashem wants to make sure that uh, he got a good return, so to speak, uh, from the time uh, that they spent with Moshe. Uh, but uh, there's a Pasuk over here at the end of the census, which is kind of sad, but at the same time means, tells us that Bnei Yisrael are ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. And this is in Perk Chavav, Pasuk Samach Dalid. And this is, again, this is at the end of the census. Um, and the Pasuk says, All the men that had been counted now None of them were at the previous counting that had been done by Moshe and Aaron. At this point, Aaron is dead, and his son, uh, Elazar, has taken over as the Kohen Gadol and was involved in the census with Moshe. Uh, continues the Pasuk, Asher Pagduas Bnei Yisrael in Bar Sinai, that they had counted the Bnei Yisrael in Midbar Sinai. So the previous census that had been uh, conducted by Moshe and Aaron, all the men uh, who were there then, and those are the men that uh, were over 20 at that time, because those are the only people that were counted, uh, we're now dead. And the Torah continues and tells us that Hashem had said that uh, all those people were going to, to die in the desert because of the sin of the Miraglin. That when the Miraglin came back and they said Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael, the Bnei Yisrael believed them. And at the time, Hashem decreed that none of them would enter Eretz Yisrael except for Yoshua and Kalev. 
Now, Chazal tell us over here, and it's brought by Rashi, that it Dafka says in the Pasuk, Ube'ele lo haya ish Moshe that there was no man alive from the time of the census of Moshe and Aaron Akoin. However, there were still some people alive from that time. They were just all women. And Chazal teach us that the women had not been included in the punishment of the Meraglim even the ones who were over 20 at that time, uh, and they would enter Eretz Israel together with the nation at this time. And the reason is a famous line of, uh, of Chazal, Nashim Mechavavos Esa'aretz, women love Eretz Israel. And because they love Eretz Israel, uh, they were able to withstand the temptation of the, uh, uh, or the, the Lashon Hara. They were able to uh, withstand the temptation of believing the Lashon Hara of the Meraglim, and instead trusted in Hashem that, uh, and trusted in Moshe that Eretz Yisrael was a wonderful place. And therefore, they, were, uh, they, they remained alive and were able to enter Eretz Yisrael at this time. So the question is, what is it about Eretz Yisrael that uh, women are able to connect to it more and appreciate it more and love it more than men can? And the Kliyakar over here uh, gives two reasons for it, but I want to focus on the second one. And it has to do with rain. And in Eretz Yisrael, as we who live in Eretz Yisrael know, every year rain is an adventure. Will there be a drought? Will there be plenty? Uh, how much is it going to be? At what point do we start davening? At what point uh, do we feel comfortable? Uh, when do we know it's enough? All the questions that come up. But one thing we know for certain, we learn this from the Torah, that it's going to be completely up to Hashem. Hashem decides whether the rains come or when they don't. But in Chutz Laaretz, uh, it's different. The rain is pretty much the same every year, depending on which area of the world you live in, you know how much rain you're going to get. But depending on where you are, you won't always get the right amount that you need, and the rain's not always going to come exactly where you need it. So over history, there have been different irrigation systems that have been developed to uh, bring the precise amount of water to the area where it's needed. And these systems, especially uh, back in the time of the Torah, and even the time of the Kliyakar, and they continue nowadays where they're still easier uh, to build, but uh, they are complex systems. Uh, but especially in those times, the systems uh, were complex and very difficult to build and even more difficult to maintain. And that requires a lot more work for the field hands, for the people that work in the field. And the more work that a person does, the less they rely on Hashem. The more that you're required to do physically on your own, uh, the less Hashem does for you, uh, through a miracle, through nature, uh, whatever it may be. But in Eretz Yisrael, it's the opposite. Since, in the first place, the rain and the amount of rain is entirely dependent on Hashem, so when they fall, where they fall, Hashem makes sure that that is done without any extra help. Wherever the rain is needed, whatever amount is needed, that is what's going to be. There's no need for these uh, difficult uh, irrigation systems uh, in Eretz Yisrael. Part of the promise of the rain to Eretz Yisrael is that it's going to be the right amount and it's going to be in the right places. The only thing we need to worry about is if it's going to come. So even though there is still a lot of work that the farmers need to do in terms of plowing and planting and picking, harvesting, all those things, the irrigation itself is taken care of. So there's a lot less physical labor required in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore there's a lot more reliance on Hashem. So because of that, Hashem says to the farmers, you owe me. 
and how do we pay him back? Hashem gave us several mitzvos which uh, have to do with the land in Eretz Yisrael. The most common ones are the ones that we have to do every year of Truma Meiser and also the mitzvah of Chala, where you have to give a certain amount of your crops uh, and in terms of Chala, your, your bread, to the Kohanim and the Levium. Since the Kohanim and the Levium are the private employees of Hashem, that they are uh, in the uh, employ of Hashem year-round, Hashem wanted to take more care of them. And therefore, the farmers who owe Hashem a favor, he tells them to pay back that favor by paying his own private workers. But in Chutz Laaretz, since the farmers uh, needed to work harder anyway, Hashem didn't obligate them uh, in these extra gifts of Truman Meiser. So this is the difference. This is the Nakuda that women connect uh, to better than men. Women, the women of that generation, and it continues today as well, have a special affinity towards the mitzvah of tzedakah that men simply don't have. And because of that, because of this desire to give, this desire to, to help others, even without being an Eretz Yisrael, they, wanted, they had a natural tendency to share what they had with others, with those who needed it. And therefore, they wanted to enter a place that allowed them to fulfill those natural tendencies of sharing with others, of giving to others. In fact, says the Kliyakar, one of the reasons why they were so excited to go into Eretz Yisrael is because their husbands at the time, like we said, their husbands were hesitant uh, to fulfill this mitzvah of Tzedakah, to fulfill this mitzvah of Truma Meiser. And therefore, the women wanted to take them into Eretz Yisrael so their husbands would be obligated to give Truma Meiser, and then they could share the mitzvah together. So the Miraglim, the spies, no matter what they said, it could not influence the women. They were so set on fulfilling the mitzvah of Truma Meiser, of, of fulfilling that mitzvah of giving to others, of, of that opportunity to give to others, that no amount of Lashon Hara, no amount of anything about Eretz Yisrael could convince them from, from wanting to go in. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, you can email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter includes the written version of the Stvar Torah, as well as an MP3 download of this podcast. You can also get this podcast by going to iTunes and searching the Amem Torah podcast, or my name, Yosef Siegel. The podcast can also be downloaded from my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where you can also learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Ashkafa. The written version of this Dvar Torah is available at oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com. That's where the Ancient Ideas for the Modern Mind blog is hosted. Please check out the Nation's Wisdom Project by going to nationswisdom.blogspot.com. And you can also find us on all of our various social media pages, facebook.com slash amemtorah, and Twitter at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, have a great job.